This is The Reality. you. Welcome to The Reality. So good to be with you once again, sharing the story of a life touched and changed for the good. Changed lives, change lives. And our hope is as we listen to the story today, your and my life will be changed for the good, for good. If you have any questions I'd love to hear from you, drop me an email, dudley at surereality.net. I'll give you that email address again later on in the show. Today on The Reality, we meet author and church leader, Pastor Gary Wilkerson. Gary is president of World Challenge, a ministry that ministers around the world planting churches, doing leadership training and various other Christian ministry. Gary runs pastors conferences with a desire to encourage and strengthen church leaders. He believes that God's commission to his church is that believers should be the hands and the feet of Christ to a lost and hurting generation. Gary Wilkerson is the son of the famous David Wilkerson, and he has two sons. Sadly, Gary's sons fled faith in the Christ of their heritage until one day they encountered the goodness of God for themselves. They could not build their faith upon their father or their grandfather's faith. They needed a personal experience of faith. My sons who are in the ministry now, both of them, first they started smoking pot, uh, and then taking pills, and then one of them actually turned to heroin, shooting heroin into his veins and became homeless. You know, obviously he grew up in the church and heard all the sermons and his grandfather and his father's preaching and read the books, but he just didn't have that personal experience until he surrendered his life to Jesus completely. And in that day, he was delivered from drugs, the power of the gospel to individually touch a life once that person comes to faith on their, on their own terms. Well, it's really my pleasure to speak to uh, to Gary Wilkerson today via Skype. Thank you for joining us, Gary. Thank you, Dudley. Glad to be with you. Wonderful. Uh, Gary, we're going to be talking about your, your work and experience. Uh, you run a ministry called World Challenge. Uh, you uh, do a bit of counseling, pastoral counseling, that is counseling pastors. And I'd like to talk to you <laughs> a little bit about that. But uh, I want to begin at the beginning. Uh, you grew up uh, with your father, uh, David Wilkerson, a great man of God, uh, worked in uh, New York City and uh, worked uh, in an area that was a very, Violent and, and uh, you know, uh, led many drug addicts to the Lord. Great story. Um, uh-huh. How was it Thank growing you. up in that household? How did you find Jesus Christ as your own Lord and Savior? Uh, growing up in that household was thrilling. I mean, it was just a, a wonderful experience just to see a man and woman of God, my mother and father, serve him, love him, love one another and uh, have a heart for their family, but also a heart for the world. And uh, <clears throat> to see my dad go out and reach gang members and drug addicts in the hardest places in the New York City, and then eventually even around the world through a ministry he founded called Teen Challenge, which is a drug rehabilitation program. And then he, the Lord used him mightily in the 1970s in the, in the Jesus movement here and around the world. Mm-hmm. And so just seeing all that stuff is, was just a, a wonderful experience. And then... Um, I came to Christ at a very early age, uh, and uh, I was hearing my dad preach out in the West Coast. Um, a lot of hippie, uh, the, it was during the hippie movement, and all these guys with long hair and uh, Hell's Angels motorcycle gang members, and mm-hmm. they all came. They came to the front to pray, and I just felt uh, just this, like the presence of God. I is the only way I could describe it. But, of course, at six years old, seven years old, you don't quite know what that means, the presence of God, but something I felt in my heart. And mm-hmm. I just remember praying that I would like to give my life to God. And, and not only at the same time as I believe I received him, I 
felt a call to God in the ministry. So all, all my life, I've wow. known exactly what I was going to do. Never wanted to be a football player or a business leader. Just always <laughs> wanted to be a man of God and be used wow. to the Lord. And I, I thank the Lord for the family that he gave me. It's, uh, so my dad is, was was uh, used that way. His yeah. father was a pastor as well. And then his grandfather was a um, tent revivalist. If you know what that is, uh, they, in the old days here in the United States, they would travel around the rougher parts of the uh, western part of the U.S. and preach the gospel to some pretty rough people and uh, so yeah he would so that yeah was and then then it, so yeah we're we're quite a few generations and I have a couple sons now who are grown and they're in the ministry as well it's been fantastic uh, it's, it's a lot of fun just to wow. see what God's done and doing fantastic that's incredible praise God what a heritage uh, you know I ask you that question because um, well you know I, I grew up in a Christian home it wasn't particularly uh, dynamic but it was a Christian home um, and I was age nine when I gave my life to the Lord and you know something I discovered in life Gary is that um, you know we can grow up in Christian environment but we have to come to a place in our lives no matter what in, what environment or, or background we have where we have to make our own choice of faith I have to find my mm-hmm. own faith. You know, it could be somebody listening up today and thinking, Gary Wilkinson. Imagine growing up in the home of David Wilkinson. How amazing. But Gary, you had to come to that place in your life where you chose for yourself. Somebody listening up today, um, and, and, and they haven't made that choice yet. What is your word to them? Oh, just it's the best way to, best way to live your life. There's no other, there's no greater joy and. Uh, yeah, I would recommend it highly. That's I know you would as well, Dudley, just to see what it's like to come to repentance, uh, turn from uh, a world that's full of self and full of greed and pride and despair and loneliness and hurt and pain and and come to uh, the lover of your soul, the one who died for you. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, he's, he's available to you right now. Absolutely. I can't, I can't build my faith on somebody else's faith, on my father or my pastor or my youth leader. I have to find my own walk with God, yes? My sons, who I was telling you about, who are in the ministry now, uh, both of them in a really, uh, it was just probably the most horrible event experience I've ever had in my life, with my wife and I, uh, to see the two of our sons turn. Uh, they, first, they started smoking pot, uh, and then taking pills, and then one of them actually uh, turned to heroin, shooting heroin into his veins, and became oh. homeless. Oh my! And uh, in his early in his early twenties, and he uh, had his own personal experience with Christ. He had. You know, obviously, he grew up in the church and heard all the sermons and his grandfather and his father's preaching and read the books and been to Sunday school. Uh, but he just didn't have that personal experience until he surrendered his life to Jesus completely. Mm-hmm. And in that day, he had instant healing. He was delivered from drugs. That's Praise been God. about 10 years now, and he's married and has two kids. So mm-hmm. I, I know exactly what you're talking about, the power of the gospel yeah. to individually touch a life once that person comes to faith on their on their own yeah. my son Elliot could could not break free because his dad was a preacher or his grandfather wrote the cross and switchblade that yeah. Yeah. none of that had any you know bearing on him now once he had that enlightening experience of the glory of God coming into his heart and life he told me the first day he he was saved he told me he said every sermon I've ever heard every everything you've ever preached at all of a sudden makes sense to me now it's like this <laughs> Uh, just, uh, and now he's preaching the gospel, and, 
That's an amazing story, uh, Gary. That's amazing. That's exactly what I'm saying. You know, um, I have to find my own walk with God. Now, just to to stop for a minute, I don't want to talk too much about your dad because this is about you. But uh, for anybody, again, listening up, um, uh, the millennials listening up to us today and, and haven't read the book, The Cross and the Switchblade, or seen the movie as I have, um, what was your dad's story? Quickly tell us in a nutshell. Yeah, he was pastoring a small church uh, about 200 kilometers from New York City, and he saw a, a magazine, um, and it touched his heart. He, he had just, prior to that, had made a commitment to uh, put the TV down, stop watching TV, and uh, take those two hours a night and just get on his knees and pray. So his heart was very sensitive, and he saw this story of uh, seven gang members who had killed a uh, a young boy who was in a wheelchair from going down the street in New York City, and everybody was talking about killing them and throwing away the key and locking them up, put them on the electric chair. And right. He just got the compassion of the Lord. So he went to New York City, started preaching. Uh, gang members heard about him, and he became known as the gang preacher uh, and led hundreds of people to Christ. Uh, Nicky Cruz, an evangelist who's quite well-known himself, was one of the gang members who first came to Christ. Uh, then the book was written about it called The Cross and Switchblade, mm. which I think they say now has sold over 40 million copies, wow. which is, you know, it's quite an incredible thing. Uh, then in the late 70s, a movie was made about it. Uh, that, that was, in those days, there weren't a whole lot of faith-based movies. Uh, Billy Graham was making a few, and then, uh, but this was the first one actually made by Hollywood. It wasn't a Christian company that was producing it, but it, it was certainly a Christian message, and it impacted millions of lives around the world. Uh, yeah, then my dad went on to uh, start Teen Challenge, as I said earlier, and that's in about, I think, almost 1,500 centers around the world. Wow. Just deadly. While you and I are talking right now, there's about 30,000 former drug addicts getting help residentially in a Teen Challenge program, getting set free, and many of them, you know, just... Uh, Oh. About eighty percent, seventy-five to eighty percent, coming out uh, uh, and living. Uh, uh, they've done some surveys. Like two years later, they're still drug-free and serving the Lord. So, it's really it's the power of the Holy Spirit to save and to keep. And that's uh, that's sort of my dad's story. And I've worked with him for many years as well uh, at Teen Challenge, and then at a church in New York City called Times Square Church that he planted. Uh, and then he and I traveled together doing pastors' conferences. So we've had a, a close relationship until he uh, went to be with the Lord about 12 years ago. Incredible uh, uh, story, uh, Gary. Wow. Did you have you ever met Nikki Cruz? Oh yeah, yeah. I live in Colorado Springs, Colorado, here in the United States, and so does Nikki Cruz. So wow. we have we have lunch together about once a month, once every other month, and wow. then we travel together as well. Fantastic. Uh, so, myself and my team do uh, pastors' conferences. And then in the evening, he travels with us, and he does an evangelistic crusade. So, uh, Well, uh, just for the record, I have uh, also interviewed Pat Boone on this radio show, who played your Did dad he? in that yeah. film, Cross and Superblade. What a great guy he is. Yeah, yeah. He really loves the Lord. I'm so, I'm so glad you got to meet him and talk to him and uh, yeah. have him on your show. And he's a good, good brother, and Nikki is as well. And there's... Uh, consideration right now with a, a movie company about remaking the movie which i think oh. would be great for this generation because yeah. you know as you said that some of us that are you know grew up in the 70s uh, re remember all that but a lot of the you know gen z uh, don't mm -hmm. know that story and i think it's a powerful story that can uh, it, it has two impacts one is if you're lost it draws you to christ because of the power of the cross uh, and and it tells you no matter what kind of problems you're facing there's hope 
Mm-hmm. And then the other one is it's, it's, it's produced a lot of people who get a call to the ministry who feel like they want to be used of God to help transform society and see multitudes come to Jesus. So a lot of pastors, a lot of evangelists have given their life to Christ and been called in the ministry based on that story. So it has great impact. If any of your listeners haven't read it yet, go, go to Amazon and order it right away. You can, it's on, auto, it's on uh, uh, you, know, you can get it audibly or um, uh, you know, in a book form. And mm-hmm. it's just, it'd be, be great to, to read that. Uh, the movie is kind of dated now. I don't know when was the last time you saw it, Dudley, but it's a, uh, it was in the 70s, so it, yeah. it looks a little bit strange, but still a powerful story. is worth worth watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was in the 70s that I saw it, uh, so yeah. dating, dating myself a little. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that, that, that book is entitled The Cross and the Switchblade by David Wilkerson, if anybody would like to get a hold of that through Amazon. Well, uh, just another qu- quick question uh, on that vein, uh, Gary. Did you ever go into the streets with your dad and do any work in, in the, the bad spots mm-hmm. of New York City? Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, we we did a lot of uh, we call them street rallies. So what you do is get the, the police to give you permission to block off a street. Uh, they would put roadblocks up and you'd put a sound system and a stage in the middle of it. And these, these we would choose the the street where they sell the most drugs and use the most drugs or where gang territories were. And, uh, you know, there'd be sometimes up to a thousand, twelve hundred people that would crowd the streets. Mm-hmm. Uh, music groups would come and sing, and they would draw a crowd. Then my dad or I would preach, and, and then people would, drug addicts, gang members would give their testimony. And so we did that for year, year after year in Bronx, Brooklyn. Uh, and then um, my first ministry, uh, when I was 22 years old, uh, moved to the inner city of Detroit, which is a really rough city in itself. And uh, lived lived right in the heart of the city and planted a church there wow. uh, called Church in the City. And it was uh, t- again touching that, that type of folk that uh, you know need need miracles or they're not going to live. Mm-hmm. Amazing, amazing! Praise God. Well, it's great to speak to you, Gary. We're going to take a little break and be back after this. You're listening to the Reality, produced by Sheer Reality. Listen again at SheerReality.net. This is a listener-supported radio ministry, and we depend on you, the listener, to help us produce these programs, touching lives around the world. To become a vision partner of Sure Reality, go to surereality.net and click on Become a Vision Partner. That is, become a vision partner at surereality.net. If you've just joined us, a hearty hello. Thank you so much for clicking on in, perhaps listening to our podcast at surereality.net. It's good to have your company indeed. Well, wherever you are listening in, I'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions or any comments, please write me an email, dudley at surereality.net. I'd love to hear from you. Today on The Reality, we're talking with Gary Wilkerson. We found out how Gary gave his heart to Jesus under the ministry of his father, David Wilkerson. We've chatted about how important it is for us to set an example to our children, an example of faith. However, it's vital that our children discover Christ for themselves, discovering their own walk of faith, not based upon their father, their grandfather, or indeed their church leader. Gary Wilkerson, a third-generation gospel minister, shared how his own two sons ventured away from church and away from God in their pursuit of drugs and worldly adventure. But through a father's prayers and consistent faith, Gary Wilkerson's sons returned to Christ, discovering that faith is a personal experience. Both sons are now in full-time Christian ministry alongside their dad. 
Gary has also shared a little of what it was like growing up in the home of David Wilkerson, founder of Teen Challenge, who ministered into the dark streets of 1970s New York City. David's story can be found in the book, The Cross and the Switchblade. Let's return to Gary Wilkerson today to find out more about his life and ministry. Gary Wilkerson, so good to have you today with us on The Reality. We've been talking a little bit about your dad and his work and experience, but I want to find out more about what you're doing. You run a ministry called World Challenge. Tell us about that. Uh, World Challenge has two uh, functions. One is to plant the church where it doesn't exist. So we have a team of missionaries. Uh, they're, they're based here in the United States, but they travel uh, all around the world. Each of our missions directors uh, oversees a region of the world, uh, Southeast Asia, Africa, South America, and they go to, to uh, and they begin to work with churches to uh, create a vision for those churches in that community to reach out to the uh, areas around them where there's uh, where there's unreached people groups, and so we've had great success. And uh, quick story: just recently, um, <clears throat> we met with a church in Egypt, and uh, there's a, a group of people that have never heard the gospel in one of the corners of Egypt, and that no one was reaching out to that. And that church, uh, through our, our partnership and leadership and training, um, started going up into that area and. Uh, couple people got saved they started a house church and uh now there's 80 house churches with about 800 800 uh, new believers in the last few years so it's uh that's what that's one area and the other one is uh to train and equip pastors for a great passion for jesus um there's a lot of ministries that train pastors how to preach or how to lead or how to grow your church or how to start small groups but our call is to go to pastors and to ignite the fire of the gospel to mm-hmm. to to get them back to the first love for Jesus that my 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 take is that if if a man or woman of God is immersed in the presence of God and touched by the holiness of God and walking in the power of God that their their church is going to be dynamic and have breakthroughs and see miracles um, no no amount of uh, cleverness or uh, you know, drawing things on a whiteboard through strategy is is going to be able to break through the powers of darkness the way that the power of the Holy Spirit can. So, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, so we we just go and and uh, hopefully uh, our pastors' conferences are called Fire in Our Bones, and uh, we just want to see pastors come alive. Amen. So those are Fantastic. the two areas of world challenge. Praise God, that's incredible. I'm uh, planting a church in in Egypt. You know. Um, Egypt is one of the countries where Christians are persecuted for the for the faith. Um, did you encounter any of this or any any opposition to the church that you planted? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. One one of the things we we constantly pray about is the persecuted church, and part part of World Challenge Ministry is to advocate for the persecuted, uh, because we know that the work we're doing is actually creating persecuted Christians. We we, we know the risk when we go there. Uh, and they receive Christ, they're they're going to be persecuted in many of these places, and so you know it's it's something that kind of weighs it weighs on your heart a bit. You're like, wow, okay, you know this. Uh, I'm gonna you know help these churches go into these regions. Mm. They're gonna preach the gospel. People are gonna get saved, and a father is gonna be taken away from his children and put in jail, or uh, you know the, uh, the, the kids are gonna be mocked at school uh, because of turning from their other faith to Jesus. So, yeah, it's, but it's, you know, it's the, 
it's it's the model Jesus gave to us of laying down in her life for mm. for others and for the gospel. So yeah, we do we do we do see that. Fantastic, amazing, amazing. Praise God. I want to come back mm-hmm. a little bit to um, your uh, your ministry among leaders and, and pastors. Uh, you know, um, getting perhaps into into the more into the Western Church, uh, Gary. Um, there's a lot of what I call church politics that goes on behind the scenes in the church, and pastors bear the brunt of that. Um, so what's your encouragement uh, to a young man or a, perhaps even a, an elderly man who's been abused and, and knocked about a bit uh, as a pastor, perhaps suffered a bit of a burnout? What's your advice? I try to read Psalm 132 every day and just, just meditate over it and pray pray over it. And, and it starts off uh, – it, it, obviously, it's written by someone else because they're praying for David. I said, remember David uh, for all the hardship that he endured. And then it says how he swore and how he vowed to the mighty one of Jacob. And the question arises, well, what, what did he swear and what did he vow? Did he vow, I'm going to get back at my enemies or I'm going to see a breakthrough in this pain that I'm living in? Uh, but it's interesting, his vow, uh, in the next verse he says, I, I won't enter my house, I won't get into my bed, I won't give sleep to my eyes or slumber to my eyelids. What, what is he after in this? Uh, uh, and then in verse five, it says until, and that, 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 you know, you know how uh, I'm sure you feel this way too, deadly. Every time, sometimes you read the scripture and, and one word leaps off the page mm-hmm. and, and that word until leapt off the page until, is he saying until my hardship is uh, overcome or until I get healed up from this thing. Uh, but, but interesting is he's not thinking about this until I find a place for the Lord, a dwelling place for the mighty one. Uh, let us go to the dwelling place. Let us worship at his footstool. Arise, O Lord, go to your resting place. So what David, David's until is not that they stop harassing me or that I have an easy life. Uh, his until is not I have great success in my kingdom or my ministry. His until is like until I get into the presence of the Lord, until I see his face, until I know him intimately, until he's my all in all, until... His his love covers me until I'm healed by knowing who he is. You know, it's 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 you know. Of course, he didn't know. He knew that there was a Messiah to come. He didn't know the name Jesus, but really, he's hungering for Jesus. He wants mm-hmm. to know more of Jesus. He 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 has that one thing cry in his heart. You know, better is one day in your house than a thousand elsewhere. And mm-hmm. you know, I, I think pastors need. You know, the the, the heart of David is a, a man after God's own heart. And, uh, you know, there's an old hymn, I don't know if you remember this, Dudley, or not, or if you sang it, but uh, uh, turn your eyes upon Jesus, mm-hmm. look full into his glory and grace, and the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glorious praise. I think somebody, I can't remember the last mm-hmm. word, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's that, it's that turning your eyes to Jesus, you know, your until has been too small, your until has been until my church grows, or until we have a breakthrough, or until we get a new building, or until mm-hmm. this or that, or until my elders stop bothering me. <laughs> but your until has to be bigger. Mm-hmm. And David's until was until I have his presence fully dwelling in me. And that's that's not just for pastors either. Anybody listening to today to us talk, deadly, you know, mm-hmm. knows that sometimes their until is until my wife starts treating me better, or until my boss gives me a raise, until. Mm-hmm. You know, and all those things are good, but they're just too small. Uh, our, our single until has to be until the glory of Christ comes and fills his presence in my life every day, everywhere mm-hmm. I go. Mm-hmm. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, you know, being mindful of things above, as the scripture says, uh, being sold out for Christ. Um, mm-hmm. Gary, I heard a Amen. message. I heard a message online that you preached in the, in the message. You said, Jesus never said uh, to spend your life spinning plates. 
And then you oh, said, <laughs> yeah. then you said you need to turn your plate upside down. <laughs> what did you mean by that? Yeah, you know when when oftentimes when people in a church first come to Christ, the the pastor might or the leaders might tell them, hey, you know, you know read your Bible every day, and and that's kind of like uh, there's there's this old um, trick that they used to do on shows where you put like ten or twelve sticks. Uh, with a base standing straight up and you would take a plate and spin it on top of that plate. Mm. So my picture was, you know, read your Bible, that's one plate and spinning. It's so easy. It's so freeing. And then the next one, well, make sure you pray. And then the next one, make sure you tie. The next one, make sure you evangelize. <laughs> the next one, mm-hmm. make sure you go to church every Sunday. The next one, make sure you go to the prayer meeting. And then before mm-hmm. long, you have 15 or 20 plates spinning and Goodness. you're exhausted. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you've lost this. You've lost the centrality. And so my encouragement was, yeah, to take the plate uh, off the spinning circle and turn it upside down and use it for what it's meant to be is, uh-huh. is to, to be fed. Now that doesn't mean you don't work or you don't pray, you don't study, but it's, it's, it's the, the, the praying and the working and the study comes off that plate. It's being fed by Christ and then going out and you're nourished, you're strengthened, you're, he, he's, he's living in you and and coming through you to share uh, the, the, the the story of Jesus and his love for the, the world uh, to people wherever you go so that that's that's a better, much better way to live there's there's freedom there's joy there's life there absolutely and I think this is pretty much uh, the way the Lord has led our, our discussion here today uh, Gary uh, you know we started out by saying that um, you know I can grow up in a Christian home but unless I find my own walk with Jesus and my own faith and my mm-hmm. own relationship with Christ then it'll amount to nothing and what we've just said now and going through the pastoral difficulties that pastors have and even just generally in life as Christians as people um, we've got to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus we've got to make him the center of our our lives and be focused on Christ. My take on that is to try to yeah, every single day to try to meditate on one aspect of the beauty, of the majesty, of the preciousness, uh, of the supremacy of Christ. Mm. It's not a duty; it's a delight. You 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 just take joy in in what you're experiencing of Him, and that's. I don't live by emotion; I live by faith. But I certainly love the manifest presence of God that I experience every day and that draws me in amen it's all about jesus gary wilkerson it's been wonderful talking to you today thank you for joining us well it was my pleasure today to speak with gary wilkerson son of david wilkerson finding out about gary's life and work and ministry how god called him to ministry we discovered that Gary had to discover his own walk with Jesus. He couldn't base his faith upon his father's faith. Likewise, his children could not base their faith upon Gary's faith or their mother's faith or their church leader's faith or their Sunday school teacher's faith. Faith is a personal experience. We have to find our own walk with God. I'd like to leave us with some scripture, if I may, from Romans chapter 10, reading from verse 8. What does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth, in your heart. That is the word of faith that we are preaching. That is, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes to righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And then verse 13. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
We have to call on the name of the Lord to know that forgiveness of God, to experience God. I can't call on the name of my father or my church leader. I've got to call upon the name of Jesus the Christ, and I have to confess him to be Lord of my life and believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. Then I shall be saved. If you'd like to know more about what we've been talking about, please do write me an email, dudley at surereality.net. I would love to hear from you. The Reality is produced by Sure Reality, a listener-supported radio ministry. Please consider supporting this ministry by becoming a vision partner. Visit the website surereality.net and click on Become a Vision Partner. From me, Dudley Anderson, to you, as always, keep walking in the sure reality of Christ. Christ.